0: Not the typical way I do on Sunday. Three weeks ago, I preached in the revival service the meaning of the glory of the Lord. What is the glory of the Lord? And the Lord prompted in my heart that I should continue to teach and hopefully I will finish this lesson. First of all, I would like to say this way. Our Christian life is a walk of faith. It's a life of faith. The Bible says that we cannot please God without faith. If you want to please God, you need to walk by faith. I notice my faith this year is much higher than 10 years ago. I don't worry that much anymore. I don't get depressed anymore because I have so much faith inside me. I have faith in God. I know what he can do no matter what circumstances are. And the Bible says that we can overcome the world by faith. Victory comes by faith. And now the question is, how can we have faith? The Bible says that we have faith by hearing and hearing of the word of God. What does it mean? It means this way. You can put faith. In fact, fear is a form of faith. Listen carefully. Fear is a form of faith. Anxiety is a form of faith. Because you have faith in the bad things going to happen to you. You have faith in bad things. So you become anxious and you become fearful. So where we put our faith in? We put our faith on the word of God. As a local church, as a pastor, my job to you is to educate you the truth in the Bible. The less truth you know, the less chance you have faith in the truth. Then you get confused. And you just go by feeling and what you see. You walk by sight. You walk by feeling all the time. That's why a lot of Christians are depressed and get defeated. But if the church teaches you the truth, the more truth you know, the more faith that connects to those truths. Your heart gets bigger. And you can have more victory because you know the truth. You connect the truth with your heart, with the faith. And you walk by faith according to the truth in the Bible. And you can see Victory after victory after victory. I remember many years ago, I did not know anything about demons, and I did not know how to cast out demons until around year 2003 or something. Uh, God spoke to me, "You need to study about demonology." So I study and I understand about demons. In fact, some voodoo guy in Thailand listened to my teaching about demons. And they even say that this neurosurgeon, this scientist neurosurgeon know about demons more than us. After they listen to my teaching about demons. Why? Because we study. And after I understand about demons, it's so easy for me to cast out demons. Because I have faith and how to deal with demons. You see, we need to understand and connect the truth to the word of God. One of the big subjects in the Bible that people heard all the time, this word. We even sing song a while ago. The glory. We heard about the, the word the glory again and again and again. How many Christians understand the meanings of the glory of God? That's why I want to teach this. Last time, we learned, I have to review just a little bit to continue on so that we understand the whole scope the whole thing about the glory of God. This is my way of Christian life. I study the Bible in detail to the point that when the word come up from the Bible, for example, when the word grace come up, when I say grace, the whole thing about grace, pop, 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 pop in my mind. I know everything about grace. When we, we talk about the glory, I don't say glory religiously, Ritually, glory, yeah, glory, what is that? I don't know. No. When I say glory, I, in my heart, in my mind, pop, 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 It's like 10 sermon. I know everything about glory. And I hope you are that kind of Christian. When you say something by faith, you know exactly what you're talking about. And you can hook your faith up with that sentence or with that word in the Bible. Is it clear? So, please listen to this teaching again and again. Last time we learned that one of the definitions of the word the glory of the Lord means his standards of moral excellence. Our God is righteous and holy, and he is excellent in his morality. He never sinned. He's so perfect. And he showed that through his son. When his son came into the world 2,000 years ago, his son, Jesus Christ, never sinned, even one time. That's why the Bible called Jesus the brightness of God's glory. Jesus demonstrates the excellency of God's morality. He never sinned. And his standard of morality also come with the brightness. That's why when the glory of God show up, that place will be full of light. If the glory of God is on you, you live a holy life, don't tell me you are full with the glory and you live in sin. I don't believe it. If you're full of the glory, you will hate sin and you want to live a holy life. And your life going to shine. Interestingly, people show me the picture when I went to Germany a few years ago. I took the picture with five old believers from Thailand. And they showed me the picture before they got into the file of God. Right now, these people become pastors in Thailand. Three or four years ago, they showed me the picture that all of them standing around me, they look dark and black because they were not in the glory yet. They are not in revival. But for some reason, my face in that picture, shining Only one person, just so bright, but the rest all look dark. They show me the picture, I'm not lying, really. And they say that, wow, the glory is real. When you are full of the glory, you've tried the brightness of God. So the word glory is related or refer to God's moral excellence, refer to brightness. And we learned last time in the scripture about chikina glory. The word chikina glory come from the situation in the time of Moses. When the thick, tangible, the word chicken glory means the glory or the presence of God that you can feel, you can see, you can touch. In the time of Moses, the glory of God showed up as a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud at the tabernacle and on the way to the promised land. Those Israelites could see the glory of God in that generation. And I pray that one day in New Hope, we can experience the cloud of glory here. But the key is you need to be hungry for God. You cannot come to God with whatever will be, will be. If you come with that kind of attitude, the glory will not show up. You need to come with hunger, with thirst, for God and God going to show up. God will show up where people give glory to him and say God is good, his mercy endure forever, and we need to be hungry for the tangible presence of the Lord. The word glory we learned last time, I'm reviewing right now. God's standard of moral excellency, the brightness of God. Number 3, the tangible or the thick presence of God. In fact, the Hebrew word In the Old Testament for the word glory is the word kabod, K-A-B-O-D, which is the word that comes from Aramaic language. The word kabod means wealth, very heavy, weighty, precious wealth. For example, you have a big box of gold or silver, very heavy box of gold. Like how many people want to have a big box of gold in your house? Oh, you don't raise hand. Do you need brain transplant or something? How many people want a big box of gold in your house? Okay. You're still okay. The word kabod means that way. Very wealthy thing that very heavy, a lot. Very heavy, very abundance. In the Old Testament time, they use animal to carry boxes of wealth across the desert. And that word is kabod. So the word kabod of the glory means the thick presence of God. So heavy, so thick, so abundance of the presence of God. Even though God is everywhere, but the thick tangible presence of God is not everywhere. As a believer, we should seek the thick presence of God. I myself experienced the thick presence of God a lot of time on a regular basis. When I went to Thailand, oh, people wonder how this 66 year old man can lay hand on 3,000 people and still smile and still walk and still on my tiptoes, walking and lay hand and I keep looking. Oh, another rogue, another lie come up. Oh, again, go back there, lay hand again three hours without any pain on my shoulder, no pain in my back. Nothing. You know why? Because the glory of the Lord was on my body all the time during those three hours. The glory of the Lord gave me life, give me strength. Let me read this scripture one more time. I mentioned in the revival service, but I think I missed something on that Friday night. Let me read one more time. In Leviticus chapter 9, verses 23 to 24. I'm going to explain a little bit more about this passage of the scripture. And after that, I will read Second Chronicles chapter 7. Both situation talking about dedication of the tabernacle and dedication of the temple to the Lord. Okay, let me read one more time. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. The leader need to bless the people. The job of the pastor, every Sunday I come up, I bless you. You notice that? I follow the Bible here. The leader blessed the people. And then the glory of the Lord, Kabod, appeared to all the people, the chicken glory, the glory that people could see. And fire. Why the New Hope International Church talk about fire? Because the fire is a thick glory, the presence of God come in and touch people. Came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offerings and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. When the glory of God show up, People respected God. They fell on the ground. They fell to give honor. And only that they fell because they cannot stand anymore. The thick presence of God is there. Let's look at another situation. The dedication of the Temple of Solomon. And we can going to come to the practical point of today. Today, New Testament Christians. How we apply this shadow. Of what happened in the Old Testament people to now 21st century. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven. I like that to happen in our church. Maybe I don't like some members and say, God sent fire to burn that member. No, I'm just kidding. I love all of you. Okay. Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering, the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. You notice that there are two important words, both at the tabernacle and in the temple of Solomon. Two words, fire and the glory. Repeat again and again, fire and the glory. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord. Because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on that the pavement. Again, the same thing happened. The fire came down on the offerings. The glory filled the place. All the priests on the ground. The same thing many thousand years before. And thousand years later, the same thing happened in the temple of God. And worship and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Okay, let me explain about what happened then first. And I'm going to apply what happened now. What happened then is that they dedicated the tabernacle and the temple to the Lord. And they put the sacrifices, the animal sacrifices on the altar. And God sent the fire to burn the sacrifices on the altar. This is a tangible fire. They could see with their own eyes, whoo, come down, the fire from heaven. I like to see that in the church one day. The fire came down. We all on the floor. Like, oh, God, you show up here. I like to have that happen. So what happened? And after the fire came on the sacrifices, the glory show up. The whole room was filled with a cloud of glory. The presence of God was so thick that they could not sing anymore. They could not do anything. They're all on the ground. It would be nice to happen in America, in the church in America, that everyone on the ground, the glory of the Lord show up in the church building. How many people want to see that? I want to see that in America. Is that right? So it can happen again. Now, what happened? When the Father of God came down and burned the burnt offering... What does it mean? It means that he accepted that offering. I taught about two months ago, the sermon series called Greater Blessing, talking about the acceptable offering from Abel and the rejected offering from Cain. So some offering can be rejected by God and some offering can be accepted by God. God does not accept all the money. The church may accept your money but the Lord may not accept your money because you give with the wrong attitude, with the selfish attitude or just to buy something from God. So God accepted their sacrifices. The fire came to show, hey, guy, I accept your offering. And then the glory came down. Actually, the fire and the glory, kind of the same thing. But the glory, the cloud came down to proclaim that this tabernacle, this temple building belongs to me. It is my very house. This is my house of residence. I am here. Therefore, from now on, yokai, you need to honor me, reverence me, and treat this place as a special place because it belongs to me. It is the place of my residence. I dwell here. Respect me. Honor me. Don't goof around. Don't play around in this place Because our God is the king of all kings And the Lord of all lords He is the creator of the universe The heaven and the earth He's not just an idol that you just throw on the ground He is the almighty God So that's what it means How we apply this scripture to our generation here When we talk about the house of God We talk about three houses The house of God Related to us now in the 21st century. The first house of God is you. Let's everyone point to yourself. I am the house of God. Your personal body is the house of the or the temple of the Holy Spirit. The second house of God for the believer is your house, your family, the house that you dwell in or apartment you dwell in. The third house of God on earth is the church, the corporate gathering of the believer. So, at that time, they dedicate the house to the Lord. Today, let me ask you this question. As believer, have you dedicated your life to God? Or you still run your own life? God say, turn right. You say, no, I'm going to turn left. God say, go there. No, I'm not going to go. If you are that kind of Christians, I'm sorry. You are not dedicating your life to God. But for Pastor Lau. In 1985, I came to America, I knelt down in the bedroom, and I said to him, Lord, I think I stopped running my own life now. I give my life to you. You can do whatever you want in my life. You say, turn right, I turn right. You say, fly there, I fly there. I dedicate this house to the Lord. My house belongs to the Lord. My family, I and Pastor Da, and my children belong to the Lord. We dedicate my home to you. And when God asked me to start New Hope International Church many years ago, I promised the Lord no demon in this house, no politics, no game, no. This house is going to be the house of the Lord. Period. I dedicate this building, this church to the Lord. Therefore, people who come to this church, I want to let you know right now, cannot play game around here. I will not do anything that is politic or anything that welcome the worldly song in here, yoga in here, anything of the world in this church. If you don't like it, sorry. I dedicate this house to God. We dedicate, and the Bible talks about the priests in the scripture. The Bible talk about the fire. So as believers, this is practical point now. I, you, as a living sacrifice, Romans chapter 12. We give our life to God. God, I'm a living sacrifice. My family is a living sacrifice. This church is a living sacrifice. Lord, send your fire to burn my life to accept me as your sacrifice. I going to be an acceptable spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. I give my life to you. My bank account is your account. My money is your money. Therefore, I will come the file of God in this church. Because in that generation the file of God came down for the animal sacrifice. Now I am the sacrifice. I am the living sacrifice. The church I believe with all my heart. If no one believe me, that's okay. I believe with all my heart. The end time church must be the church that welcome the fire of the living God. If you don't welcome the fire, you are not giving your life as a sacrifice. And you don't care whether God wants to accept you or not. I welcome the fire. But not only that, after the fire of God came down, he filled that house with glory. What does it mean? I come to the prayer line, I receive the fire. Or maybe I come to the prayer meeting, the fire of God touch me. After that, I want to be the house that carries the glory of the Lord. The glory must fill my life. I want to be a carrier. The house, the tabernacle, the temple that is full of the glory of God. So many people in Thailand, I remember... There is a story of a man, he sells noodle, and he got sick. One believer witnessed to him that you should come to know Jesus, Jesus can heal you. And he said, yeah, I'm going to go to the Passover meeting, Lao meeting, but I'm not going to turn to be Christian. I'm a Buddhist. He showed up because he was so sick, he needed God's healing. By the way, in this trip, we have about four monks sitting there. And they laugh when I preach. so they heard the gospel. This guy showed up, and... He was standing in the prayer line because he wanted to be healed. When I walked closer to him, maybe about 10 people away, he began to feel the presence of God. The glory of God come closer to him. He fell under the power. This is a non-believer. And he got healed. And he gave his life to Jesus. And he became a believer. (laughs) I carry the glory. I want everywhere I go, I want to carry the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord means thick presence of God. Let me ask you, when you go to heaven, what do you see in heaven? Do you see sickness? No. Do you see curse? No. Do you see demon? No. Do you experience poverty in heaven? No. Do you experience depression? Do you need to take trazodone, amitriptyline, nortriptyline? Or trastodone, or all kind of medication in heaven? No. No sickness in heaven. When you invite, you carry the glory, which means what makes heaven heaven? Let me ask this question What makes heaven heaven? Not a beautiful mansion you have, not a beautiful lake in heaven. Heaven is heaven because the Father is there, God is there. So, when you welcome the glory, you carry the glory around, you carry heaven around. So, when people got sick, you come around them, they get healed. Your body will be strong and you will not get sick easily. If the cold attacked you, within a few hours, within a few days, it's gone. Because you are full of the glory of God. This is the secret of Christian life walk in the glory. Carry the glory of the Lord. Is it clear? I know this is unusual teaching on Sunday morning. This is more like a revival service. We need to carry the glory. We need to carry that great wealth of his presence. Definitely this year, I have more glory than two years ago. Because it keeps growing up more and more. God say, I will give more to those who are faithful, little thing. I've been faithful for all these 20 years. God give me more and more. My prayer is that when I turn maybe 67 or maybe 68, when I just walk by people, I don't have to lay hand on him anymore. I just walk and look at their face and they all fall under the power. Bam, 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 bam. Because the glory is so thick on me. How many people want that? You remember, Peter walked in Jerusalem. And the Bible says, only the shadow. It's not about his shadow. Believe me, the shadow is shadow. The glory of the Lord on his body is so thick that he just walked by the sick. The sick got healed. The glory, the shadow just come by. Boom. They got healed. Oh, I want that. How many people want that? I thank God that I obey his command. I share with you something quickly. Usually, revival or the fire of God is ministered by the evangelists. Rarely you see pastors move in the fire of God in the world, mostly evangelists. But because I'm a pastor, I got touched by the fire, I carry the fire, and the Lord showed me this. The Lord said to me, when you go to Thailand or Germany, you need to train my pastor my servant there to move in the fire, even though they're not evangelists. So I did that for these 15 years. I trained all the pastors to move in the fire. And now I look back, oh, I understand now. Why? Because Pastor Lao is not in Thailand all the time. Um, Pastor Lao is not in North Thailand, South Thailand, North West of Thailand, all, all at the same time. I can be at one place at one time. So what do we need to do? Produce many, many Glory carrier, servant of God around the world. That in that city, even people come, they get healed without Pastor Lau around there. Without Pastor Rodney up there. Because all these people carry the glory of the Lord. We should do that way. So now, pop, 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 everywhere. People get healed all, all, all over Thailand by this our simple pastor. Actually, there's one couple in northeast of Thailand. If you look at them, you can even tell their pastor... It just looks so simple. But I heard that the church grows so fast. Hundreds of people now. And they don't even have education. And people come to that church. People get healed. Pop, 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 pop. But these people come to know Christ because they get healed. They see the power of God in the church. Just simple people. They have to drive everywhere to different cities to minister because they cannot contain one church. People live far away. They don't have the car to drive from one place to another. So they have to drive there and here. Actually, I want to support them with some money because they, they're not well-to-do. These pastors sacrifice their life to serve the Lord everywhere they go. And they bring the glory of the Lord there. Amen. This should happen in America. Amen. We should see the glory in America more. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 5 verses 11 to 14. 2 chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place. For all the priests who were present had sacrificed themselves without keeping to their divisions. How many people call yourself the royal priest of God? Does the Bible call Christian royal priesthood. Are you the priest? I'm the priest. I'm the priesthood of God. I serve the Lord. We are all the priests of God. And the Levites, who were the singers, or those of Asaph, and Haman, and Jethutton, and their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar. I pray that our children and grandchildren will serve the Lord with us. Amen. We are not just going to church. Our children will go to church with us and serve with us. Clothed in white linen, having cymbals, strange instruments, and harps. And with them, 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Wow. Tabernacle, the fire came, the glory came, the temple of Solomon, the fire came, and the glory came. 120 people, what do you think about the early church, the same story again. Leviticus, tabernacle, the book of Chronicles, talking about the fire in the temple. Before Jesus went up to heaven, what did he say? Hey guy, go to Bible school, graduate, have degree, and use your degree to plant church. Did he say that? No, he said guy. Don't go out to preach the gospel until you receive power from on high. And how many people in the upper room? Hundred twenty priests, disciples. What happened in the upper room? (laughs) Let's continue. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpets and the singers were as one. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets... And symbols, and instruments of music. And praise the Lord saying. I don't know how many of you say this on a regular basis. For the Lord is good. For his mercy endures forever. This should be our habit. Everywhere we go, the Lord is good. His mercies endure forever. A while ago when I picked up the communion tray at the communion cup. And the bread, I say, God, you're so good to me. You send your son Jesus to die for me. I am who I am today because of you. I'm so thankful. And then my tears start to come out because I'm so thankful for the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God. Amen. We should be the Christian who boasts about the goodness of God. Amen. We should be the Christian who always think about the mercy of God. Yes. Praise God. We should not be the Christian who talk about hell. Hey, you don't repent, go to hell. No, no, no. We should be a Christian who go to say to people, God is good. Come to know God. And God is going to show goodness to you. Amen. 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 Emphasize the goodness of God. Don't emphasize too much on hell. Okay? Talk about the goodness of God. That the house, the house, and then I like the English language, the house of the Lord. Two times. What does it mean? Hey, guy. This is the house of God. How many people is the house of God in this room? Yes. Point to yourself, I'm the house of God. Yes. Do you really give your life as a house of God? Yes. When God tells you to do something, will you say yes? yes. If God tells you to go there, here, you will go? Yes. Or you say no? Are you the house of God? Okay. The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For, why? Why they could not minister? The glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Many thousand years ago, 120 priests were touched by the glory of God, the file of God. Thousand years later, the same thing happened again in the upper room. Do you think our God, has changed? No. You think our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes. You think if the early church disciple who walked with Jesus, saw Jesus perform miracle, get touched by Jesus, Jesus even lay hand on them. Need the fire, need the glory. You think in our generation we need the glory? Yes. You think we should have the same thing again? Yes. We should be filled with the fire? Yes. Should we be filled with the glory? Yes. Should we welcome the glory of the Lord? Yes. Oh, more than them, yeah, that's right. because the enemy is working harder than that at that generation. Now we have all pornography, all the stuff in the internet, in the hand of people all the time. The reason they work so hard to produce teaching. Now I have another idea. I to produce five minute teaching in the Facebook, just five minutes to hit. More people don't listen to the pornography and all the junk in the internet. I'm going to hit with the word of God five minutes, seven minutes in the Facebook and YouTube so people can be in the word. I already planned the video team going to go out to tape all this just short, 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 short hit the media so that we can fight against the devil. Amen? Again, we are in the generation that we need the glory of the Lord. We need the glory of the Lord. Can you imagine? One new believer here, at that time he was about 28 years old. He came, young man, got touched by God. He got converted, went back to Thailand, and he backslid and joined a gangster. And while he was making a phone call, a guy with a motorcycle came, pulled out a gun going to shoot him, because he wasn't a gangster. And the Lord spoke to him. He was a backslider. The Lord spoke to him. Turn back and run. He turned around and he saw a guy pulling out a gun to shoot him. He ran and God saved him. Now he's 30 years old. Everywhere he went, 2,000 people accept Christ. His Facebook, millions of people come and watch. Everywhere he go, he just stand like this, fire. Demon come out from young people without laying on a hand. 30 years old. Younger than me. More people accept Christ than ever before in Thailand. Why? Because this young man, a lot of people criticize him. He's so young, 30 years old. How can he do all this thing? And I was thinking, wow, if you criticize this man 30 years old, when you saw Jesus, you're going to criticize Jesus. Jesus was only 30 years old too. God can use young people who carry the fire, who carry the glory who is on fire for God, who want to give their life to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? I believe if we all carry the glory, we're going to see more people saved than ever before. Yeah. People are going to accept Christ like a popcorn. Yeah. We're going to see miracles yeah. because it's not done by your ability, by your diploma on this wall, by your just Bible knowledge. It's done. By the glory of the Lord. The tangible presence of God. Amen. Amen. Solomon dedicated the house of God to the Lord. And when they talk about the goodness of God, the glory of the Lord show up. And what happened? They all could not function. They're all on the ground. Our church is not against falling on the ground. In fact... A lot of churches believe that this is crazy, that we fall on the ground. If you go back to 2,000 years ago, the church of Jesus, when Jesus was on earth, there is no chair like this. There's no room like this. No stage. What did he do? He sat on the rock. He preached people on the ground. When he touched people, people fall on the ground, demons come out. No chair. This is all Greek system. This is all from Roman Empire. The system we use in the church today, with a chair, sitting, looking at the pastor, with a pulpit, all from Roman Empire. In the time of Jesus, he sat people around him everywhere. And when he started to move and lay hands, demons come out, people get healed, people fall on the ground, people laugh, look at Philip's, in, in Samaria. When he moved in the power, demon come out. People fall, people laugh, people get drunk. That is the New Testament style. I cannot do that in America. I cannot let you sit on the ground, on the floor. You will not come to this church. You think this pastor is crazy. Take all the chair out, and I sit on the rock and preach like Jesus. Yes. We try to be sensitive to the culture in America. <laughs> but... Nothing wrong to take a chair off. Nothing wrong that people get touched and fall down. Because when you encounter the glory of the Lord, you will feel so small. God is so big. You're going to get drunk. You're going to have physical manifestation. Your body is going to react to the presence of God. That's why when you go to heaven, you need a new glorious body. This body that you are in right now, your body is not you. You know that? It's just a house. Your real person is your spirit. When I call David, I don't call that body. I call his spirit, David. Your real person is your spirit. Your body is just temporary. When you go to heaven, you have a new body, glorious body. Only the glorious body can stand before the throne of God. This body, when you go up to heaven, you're going to be melt you're going to be collapsed on the ground because the glory, the presence of God is so strong that this earthly body cannot stand. That's why if you read all the scripture, you can see that when the glory of the Lord show up as a, just a glimpse of the glory of heaven, people fall on the ground, all of them. For example, on the Mount of Configuration in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 6. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on the high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured. The glory of God came on Jesus. He was transfigured before them. He, he tried the light of the glory of the Lord. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. This is man's idea. He has his own idea, okay, not God's idea. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright crowd overshadowed them. The glory of the Lord showed up on that mountain. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud. When the glory of the Lord show up, you hear the voice of God. Very clear. In this revival meeting in Thailand, a lot of people heard God talk to them. Clear. talk to them. Some of them even saw Jesus standing there. Some of them saw angels. So much. I don't have time to explain what happened when the glory of God show up in the meeting room. Suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him. And when the disciple heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. So one of the reactions of people when the glory of God showed up, people fell, either losing strength or just so overwhelmed by the presence of God and they fell on the ground to worship the Lord. And not only that, people are afraid. I remember when I start to bring the fire of God to this church. When I start to lay hand, people start to sneak out toward the back door. They're so afraid of me. When you carry the glory of the Lord, there's going to be two reactions. This is the truth. Either revival or riot. Listen carefully. Either revival or riot. Either people love you to death. Because you come and save their family. You come and heal them from cancer. You come and get touched by the Lord. Heaven show up. All people see you and want to kill you. They hate you. Because the demon on the inside of them. And I noticed that in Thailand. When I show up, some people love me. They want to take pictures with me. They love me. But some people look at me, want to kill me. Because the glory on my life. They hate me. The same thing, when you carry the glory of the Lord. Some people may not understand and they are afraid of the glory of the Lord. That's why every time God show up, he say this sentence, listen carefully. Genesis chapter 26, verse 24. I'm going to finish here. And the Lord appeared to him, Isaac, the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. The glory of the Lord show up to Isaac. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. Do not fear. Please don't run away from the glory. Don't be afraid of the glory. He only comes to bless you. Like he blessed Isaac. He comes to heal you, to give you life. To give you understanding, insight, liberation, change you. I just listened to a testimony of one of our guests in this room. He just flew from Thailand two days ago. I just share a little bit. I listened to him. He was sitting there. He said that before he got touched by the fire of God, he was worried all the time, he was intense all the time, anxious all the time. But after God touched him, now he's mine, he's happy. No more worry. He said, interesting. After God touched me, I become a new man. I don't worry anymore. You see? He come to benefit you. Heaven comes to visit you. I will continue next time. I sound like the time. I don't want to go until noontime. So today, in conclusion, we learn that the glory of the Lord is real. It means his standards of his moral excellence. When we want the glory, we want his moral standard. We don't want to play around in the church. The church that welcome the glory can walk in holiness and righteousness. Amen? Amen. I tell you the truth. I'm gonna come up with a sermon. I prepared this sermon long many months ago. I tell you, I have two choices to preach the. The word of God. Listen carefully. I'm talking as a pastor. One choice to say. Hey guy. This book is so hard to obey. Don't worry about it. You don't have to obey this book. That's one choice I can do. Okay la. Compromise. God loves you anyway. I'm not that type of preacher. I say. You can do all things Through him. Who strengthened you. You can obey this book. Not because of yourself. But because. The fire of God. The glory of the Lord. Is on you. In you. That you can obey. This book. By his power. That's why. Paul say in the Bible. We don't walk by law. By the law. We walk By the Spirit. The Spirit of God who is in us. Make us powerful enough, able enough, capable enough to love God with all our heart, with all our soul. And love neighbor as ourselves, And obey the Ten Commandments and whatever the Bible say. We can obey the Bible. Not by our own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the grace of God. If this church doesn't welcome the glory, I will preach compromise message and say, don't worry about it. Don't have to do it because you don't have to feel guilty that you cannot obey the Bible. But because I carry the glory, I welcome the fire of God in this church, I believe my members can obey this book. You can. Believe me, you can. Do all things through Christ through the Spirit of Christ who strengthened you. The church that understands the Bible will welcome the glory of the Lord and want the members to be touched by the fire of God as a living sacrifice. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you.